You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Merrily met Glass Cannon Nation. Hello, it's me, Jared Logan, and you're in my garage. We call it the Game Garage here on the Glass Cannon Network, a show where we play tabletop role-playing games. And tonight we are playing GURPS, the generic universal role-playing system from Steve Jackson Games. We have a game that is historical. It is set in the 14th century, the 1300s in England, and joining me uh, as uh, they did for the last three episodes is an incredible crew of um, lowly peasants all. Please welcome uh, one of my best pals in the world, a, uh, a scholar, a gentleman, Mr. Clinton Trucks. Hey everybody, it's me, Clint. Yes, a glass cannon mainstay, the GM for Voyagers of the Jump, a traveler show here on the Glass Cannon, uh, as, as well as Sir Julie on the uh, Strange Aeons Live. You guys already know him. Matthew Capitacasa. Hello. Hello. And he is the publisher of Paizo, where they make the incredible Pathfinder series of role-playing games. And, and uh, he's done so many things in the world of publishing. Uh, he's also a true weirdo i mean that as a compliment please welcome eric mona hello hello true weirdo um thank so, you that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me oh thank <laughs> you uh for taking it yeah, as a there's, compliment there's no put there's no put on you're oh, died in the wool weirdo uh, i'll take it we we all are on some level so here we are we've been uh gaming a historical game in the 14th century our characters do not have powers there are no dragons. There are no magic spells. Uh, there is not some sort of Cthulhu entity lurking in the wings. Instead, your characters uh, and their descendants have been dealing with things like famine, um, an attack by the French in our second episode. And then our third episode, the bubonic plague hit your community. What I want to know is people keep saying like 2022... Uh, you know, every, every year since 2020 is the worst year ever. Things have gone downhill. The world is going to end soon. Society's going to collapse. Do you think it was worse to live in the 14th century or now? The 14th century. I don't century. think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there was any year earlier than the one we're in that is, uh, like substantially better. Like the past is always worse. I, the past I just, is always worse. I just read a study online about, they they dug down into some um, uh, around this era priesthood, you know, like the 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 tombs of some old priest guys, and they're like, oh, they're like seventy six percent parasite worms, uh, yeah, and exactly. and so and the you know, if were nothing well else, care of. I think we have slightly fewer parasitic worms, uh, you know, in us, not so. None. 2022 gets your vote for the better time to live because you're yeah. not riddled with parasitic worms. I think it's a pretty good reason. It's, it's a good metric. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I always laugh when people are like, oh, man, this is the worst year ever. 
the society is going to collapse soon. And it's like, you have Postmates. What are you, uh, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Right. For all I mean, the complaints about 2022, 2021 didn't even have Sandman season one. Right. So, this is the golden age of television. I mean, come on. Golden age I mean, it, for a bunch of nerds of a, of a certain age <laughs> wanting to nerd out of right. comics. If you're over 40 years, years old. Right. If you're over 40 years old and you read the original Sandman comics and you, if you ever wanted the Lord of the Rings and a Game of Thrones show to be on the air at the same time, guess what? <laughs> you're, you're in luck. There's no better year than 2022. That's yeah. Funny. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there is a, a, a pandemic that's sort of ongoing, but oh, it's yeah. not causing giant goiters in your genital area. There's no boobos <laughs> under your arms. There's, there's no it's boobos. <laughs> uh, any year without boobos is a better is a better it, year. Except the year Clash of the Titans came out, because that boobo, yes. the mechanical owl, is acceptable. That's is that character boobo. named Boobo? Yeah. The owl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a cute word. Yeah, yeah, it's a cute character. Aw, Boobo. The worst part of the remake of Clash of the Titans is when they pick up the mechanical uh, owl and go, this sucks, and throws it away. And I'm like, oh, I'm out. That's yeah. when I left the theater. That uh, the, One of many worst parts <laughs> yes. of that uh, remake of Clash of the Titans. But, you know, uh, back to the whole thing of like, uh, you know, one of you said the pa- any year in the past is worse than now. Um, that's not how a lot of people think politically. They're like, we got to get back. Sure. We, we gotta get back to the glory years. Yeah. The great uh, the great times we all had in the sixties. You only have to scratch a little bit before you're like, oh, you're awful. You're an awful. Yeah, yeah let's pick apart the words <laughs> we and all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. let's define our terms yeah. a little bit. <laughs> every really I think it's like uh every dictator or horrible fascist ruler uh in history was like, guys, I'm just trying to get us back to the good old days. Right. Just yes, trying to get exactly. us back to the glory days. So anybody that tells you that the past is uh, a great time and it's something you want to live again, they they are lying to you. Um, I mean, and also yeah. like to, to steer it back to me personally was, you know, <laughs> I think it's the most important subject here. Like, Sure. Yeah. I'm not that much of a fan of me in the past. Like me in the past is, has oh, some no. issues, like more issues than I have now. And like. Yeah. I have a child now and life is even more complicated, but I still wouldn't go back to when I was 17 because it was awful. That's what I, I, I heard this thing that um, your child will have uh, will look like the father because it's supposed to make the father um, biologically and in an evolutionary sense not want to leave because the father sees himself in the child. Have you ever heard this? <laughs> no, I have heard that. Makes uh, sense. And to me, I'm like, I don't want to see me again. I don't need to see a rerun of the time I shit my pants in the sixth grade at school, you know? Wow. Well, we can talk about it if you want. Yeah. that's. Not, do we want to unpack that? I walked around. I shit my pants on the way to the bathroom, and instead of going back to class, or I just kind of walked the halls hoping no one would notice till the bell rang. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> pick a sore here or anything, but in some places, sixth grade is is junior high uh right well come on i i was 11 and uh i hadn't really mastered kind of that whatever that muscular reflexes that you need right you know did you have to wear the school pants the ones they pull out of like a cardboard box in the office look they feed you a lot of milk in the sixth grade (laughs) they're constantly giving you those little cartons of milk entirely too much dairy Uh, i probably had an undiagnosed lactose intolerance 
Um, anyway, speaking of shitting your pants, <laughs> should we travel back <laughs> to a time when everyone was sort of covered in feces at all mm. at all times, covered in fleas, covered in uh, grime? Uh, bathing was not a once a day or even every other day thing. We are going to go back to the 14th century. Now, I always give my my little uh, warnings or caveats before we start a historical game. Uh, the first is that we are not historians, so we are going to get some things wrong. I think it's interesting for you, the viewer, to kind of point out to us what we got wrong. Please, in the chat, let us know if there's a fact or something that we got wrong, because it just helps us all kind of learn about history. Um, I don't know if you, hopefully some of you are PhDs. In medieval studies, and you can kind of give us some background, but just if don't you're not, get mad I want to hear it. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not a PhD in medieval studies, this is going to sound harsh, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, no, uh, please share anything you know in, intel you have about history and things like that. That said, uh, please don't get mad at us when we get stuff wrong. Okay, second, history is full of intolerance. We are not going to necessarily focus on that intolerance, but we do wish to acknowledge that it exists. We're talking about racism, sexism, all the horrible isms. They exist now. They existed then. We're not going to create a story about them necessarily, but we do wish to say that we know that they were they were there and that they are unfortunately a major motivating force in history. So we are going to celebrate classism. We are we probably not. <laughs> Uh, maybe we will, uh, but in general, we are not trying to celebrate any of those isms. And as we just said, we know that the p- past was a horrible place to live. All right. Our story begins today in September of 1369, 20 years after the Black Plague killed not-so-tall Robert and almost wiped out this family that has no surname because they are countrymen. They are not... Uh, they are not, um, they are not gentry. They, they have not earned a surname. They work the, the, the fields mostly. This family has had pretensions toward middle class quite a bit. Um, but so far they have had a lot of problems reaching that level. They've had setbacks and who wouldn't have had setbacks with famine and attacks by the French and plague all occurring, uh, during this family's, uh, existence. So, um, you guys are playing new characters, the sons and daughters of the people you betrayed 20 years ago. Please tell us about these people. Let's start with Clinton Trucks. So, over the last uh, number of sessions, none of my characters uh, have uh, found love and uh, sired progeny. Uh, And then some of them chose to die of plague. (laughs) So, uh, I am actually playing a a new character uh, called colloquially by the uh, folks of the village, Jack the Hod. He's a, a, a big galoot an oaf uh, called the Hod because he uh, mostly is paid to carry heavy things around. Bricks for the masons and whatnot. Uh, a young guy left town for a couple years to, after being conscripted, came back on his farm had uh, fallen to ruin and now he's just a paid laborer helping out. Now, let me ask you, Jack the Hod, um, in GURPS, you give your character disadvantages. Those disadvantages. GURPS is a very complicated point-by system. Complicated can be a good thing in a role-playing game, but it it is a pretty complex point-by system. You've given your character the disadvantage clueless. 
Yes. Meaning he is uh, slightly oblivious to, uh, you know, people's motivations. Um, things like and then that. I have easy to read as a disadvantage. What does that mean? Uh, easy to read, meaning that his own motivations are seen plainly on his face. So if I make any attempt to uh, lie, dissemble, or deceive, uh, people get an advantage to realize I'm doing Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, that is Jack the Hod. Matthew Capitacasa, who are you playing today? I am playing Esther II, son of Wilkie, or sorry, daughter of Wilkie and Agnes the Younger. Right. Uh, younger sister of Esther I and older sister of uh, other Wilkie, younger Wilkie, Wilkie the Younger. So Agnes and Wilkie just named two of their daughters Esther. Yes. I guess they figured one of the Esthers would die, but they yes. both survived. <laughs> Esther was an important name uh, in Agnes's family. And so she was able to wrangle that, but she was, uh, the first Agnes was, uh, you know, was a little frail and she was worried, yeah, she was going to kick it. So she named both daughters Esther and then, um, well, things turned out better than expected. Talk about hedging your bets to just name another kid the same name, uh, because the first one's kind of frail. I mean, Esther one has to have a little bit of a complex about that. It's true, she does, but then again, Esther 1 was really everybody's favorite because she, because she was frail, like she was her mother's favorite, also her father's favorite before he got kicked in the head by a horse. And, you know, Esther 1, I will, like, not, not to, like, put too much of a, a thing on this, but Esther 1, uh, was the more marriageable of the Esthers. Uh, and oh, so okay. she was, she was fair of face and highly sought after amongst the peasants. Esther 2, uh, uh, was not as much. Oh, she's very good. She is married. Um, Esther two is married. Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, what um, is Esther two's husband's name? Do you know? Do you need um, a name for him? I, I would love a name. Let's get a name for him with this handy dandy medieval name generator. It's probably John. Honestly. Um, how about <laughs> Brinley? Brinley? Brinley. Do you like that one? I like it. Okay. Uh, Esther, you have a husband named Brinley. Can you talk a little bit about Esther's advantages and disadvantages? I can. Uh, Esther's advantages are common sense. Uh, so she basically, if you, if, if I'm doing something foolish, you make an IQ check. And on a success, I'm warned about. Well, with this group, I feel like I'm going to be asking for a lot of IQ checks. Okay. Yep. And um, then she is also pitiable, which I think is just because this particular era does not understand Esther 2's strengths. Right, and so she's able to uh, elicit pity from people. Yes. Okay. Uh, her disadvantage, though, she is impulsive. She's a little bit of a. She grew up a little bit of a tomboy, a little bit of a, a tough one. I mean, it was a tough era. She had to be tough to survive all those boobos and also the wars. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's a little bit impulsive. And she. Uh, so I make. I have to make a self-control action whenever it would be wise to wait and ponder. Right. Uh, very good. Um, so that is Esther too. And finally, Eric, can you tell us about uh, our friend? Uh, this character was a brother of your last character, Theodric. Yes. Uh, because yeah. since 20 years have passed, either the characters we were playing before have entered in such an age of uh, old age that they would be unplayable. Right. Or they have maybe passed on. So you're playing um, Theodric's brother, Gwyn, who actually goes by a pseudonym now. Tell me about this character. Yes, well, it's not so much a pseudonym as it is his new real name. Uh, Gwyn was the younger brother of Theodric, our bardic uh, 
representative from the yes. last session. Um, Theodric, his songs inspired uh, the whole community. Um, they were largely about his father, Willem, who was the one who rescued the people yes. from the burning church when the French attacked. And and really, Theodric, uh, he moved on. He, he he's, he's traveling the world, spreading the, the word of the family. And, and Gwyn felt like it was time to step up to the plate. And really, what Gwyn has dedicated himself to is religion. And hearkening back to the sort of the John the Baptist of the family, if you will, Gwyn has taken on the name Bertram. But not like my first character, Bertram O the Cave. This is Bertram O the Cross. And he works with the local church. He's very big on the must be imminent beatification of his father, Willem, the martyr. Uh, and he just wants to make sure that if this family progresses in no other way, it's progressing toward Almighty Heaven and uh, Bertram of the Cross. Now, I do have here that as a disadvantaged Bertram of the Cross has a fanaticism, heretical doctrine. Yes, but the funny thing, Jared, is that he doesn't consider that a disadvantage. He considers that an advantage. <laughs> it is an unshakable faith in the sainthood of uh, Bertram of the Cave and... Willem, probably both of them won't be saints. Maybe neither, eventually, but he's hopeful. Uh, Talk about hedging your bets. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, Willem is the martyr. Bertram is the psychedelic mushroom salesman who kind of started it all off. So there is... Right. There are still excursions to the cave from the church yeah. these days, but you understand. It's a, we're building a philosophy here. Both of Bertram of the Cross's disadvantages uh, completely contradict his worldview because he also has a disadvantage of delusion, receives right. messages from the divine. <laughs> right. That, in fact, is a blessing. Thank you very much. And yes. uh, yeah, he receives messages from the divine. Now, that is often, I guess today we'd probably call it microdosing. Um, but, you know, the messages come through the earth, which comes through the fungus, which comes through the membranes in the body, which interacts with the humors, which releases the messages from Almighty God. It's complicated. No, I understand. I yeah. think I, I think I totally see it. Um, we, we've seen a little bit of this before in this game. A little so bit, yeah. I think that uh, uh, what we should uh, what, what we should hear from each character is what are you up to? And let's see if they're making a success of it by going over our GURPS basic mechanic again. Uh, maybe we'll do a little skill roll. So um, you said that our friend Jack the Hod is mostly involved with the farming of the land for this family. Is that right? Well, he is a uh, you know a hired hand. So whenever they need of him, uh, yeah, lifting heavy things uh, is probably the best thing, best use for him. Well, on this beautiful day in September of 1369, what do you think he's engaged in? And let's see how he's doing. He doesn't have uh, to be farming today. He could be doing something else. Sure. I would say he also has done some work with the local mason. And let's say he's uh, building a wall. Great. Um, do you have a masonry skill? I do have the masonry skill. And what is your skill level for that masonry skill? Uh, my masonry skill is 10. 10. So not, so, not um, bad. That's about a 50... What do you call that? Almost a 50% chance Slightly of success? Than. A little better than. So in GURPS, you roll 3d6s, and you try to roll under your skill level. So 
Right now, we're going to see um, as... So, Jack the Hot is toiling away on this stone wall, um, put it, you know, spackling the, the rocks in a place. And let's see how... Uh, and sweat is on his brow. It's a warm day for September. A warm day. The sun is shining down. Um, and uh, Jack the Hod, let's see how it goes. All right. He's singing a simple song. He's a simple man. Uh, this is a 11. So the wall's not great. Yeah. Um, his work is a little shoddy. Uh, maybe he is distracted or perhaps he is... Uh, you know, still suffering uh, PTSD from his time as a soldier, uh, and his thoughts are sort of drifting. Uh, although I, th- I guess if he was suffering PTSD, that would uh, manifest itself as a disadvantage on his sheet. I think he's slightly too simple to to lose much sleep over. Well, he receives a reprimand from the man he's building the wall from. For um, listen here, Hod. These are all crooked. This isn't going to stay together. These are the these are the stones I was given, sir. Uh, I mean, if maybe if we spent a little and bought some actual brick, or get or on with st- ye, get out of here, go back to your family. I've no use for ye. Uh, well, this half-built wall may need some work tomorrow. Give me a call. <laughs> I'll pick up my stuff and wander off. Your work makes more work for me, Jack the Hard. Uh, I will uh, take some of the uh, uh, materials uh, that were left there uh, with me. I thought I could use them on another job. Uh, very good. And uh, perhaps you're feeling a little bit um, a little bit sad about the reaction you've gotten. Let me let me let me say this. how how attached are you to the family of Bertram of the Cross and uh, Esther too? So I think most of my family uh, uh, probably left our farm uh, in the years I was gone since they lost their main labor. Uh, so I might be quite attached to the family of uh, Esther too and Bertram if you know they need me and keep me around. I think that they do. I think that they shelter you, in fact, uh, as they had to their farmhands like not-so-tall Robert in the past. So uh, now you walk back to their farm, and that means walking quite a ways, you know, uh, in this time period, lacking carriages, uh, and you certainly are not wealthy enough to own a horse. People just walked and walked and walked, and something that would take, you know, 10 minutes in a car, as you all know, takes a lot longer on foot. And so um, you find yourself walking back to the farm where I think perhaps you run into Esther 2, and Esther 2... What uh, are you up to on this fine day? Uh, Esther Chu is uh, a seamstress, and I think she is probably working on clothes for the family to wear and labor in, because how else are we going to have stuff to wear? Or maybe yes. she's making, um, you know, making sewing crosses onto, onto Bertram's tunics. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, would she like to make something for Jack the Hot or for something for Bertram? Maybe she could sew a cross onto a tunic for Bertram. Also across onto a tunic for Bertram. Across uh, with uh, with it's like got little uh, mushrooms growing out of it, just to kind of make that do 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 the family branding. Ah, this is quite this is quite intricate. So I'm gonna have you make a seamstress roll. Uh, what what is the skill? Sewing. 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 I'm gonna have you make a sewing roll. 
but I'm going to give you a penalty because you're doing intricate little mushrooms and things and you're making something that will be quite beautiful and impressive if you uh, succeed. So what is your seamstress skill level, your sewing skill level? 13. 13? I'm going to have you make it at negative 2, so an 11. All right. Let's see what happens. I got a 10. There you go. So you have made actually a garment for Bertram of the Cross that is going to be impressive. It's going to look like it has these intricate like mushrooms and like weird curly Q kind of designs woven around it with a, a, a large cross in the middle. This is uh, a, a garment worthy of a preacher uh, that is going to turn heads and bring people to the true faith. Uh, and so you can take this now to Bertram because you are all uh, scheduled to go and see Bertram give uh, a sermon. What relation? I was just trying to figure this out in my head. Is Bertram my nephew technically? Or are we like first cousins twice removed? Bertram is Theodric's brother who both of them were the sons of Willem who were the sons of... Bertram of the Caves. That is Bertram of the Caves' relation to Wilkie was what? Brothers. Brothers. So I think we're going to be like first or second cousins. I'll, I'll work on I'm just going to call you all cousins because it's so confusing. Yeah. I think cousins makes sense. I it think that that's sense. what they would call each other. So, um, yeah. So where would Bertram give a, a sermon? Well, Bertram uh, still trying to build up some support for the you know his sect if you will so he's gonna talk to the local cooper and get like a barrel a really nice barrel just borrowing it and put it right off to the side of the town criers in the uh, the marketplace and now this campaign's been going on for quite some time there's been many many years so some of the old voices of the marketplace your Cannon, the sort of liberal town crier your yeah. miss anne of Brittany, you know uh yeah. they are no longer around in fact the plague went through them like knife through butter so now there's a couple of new preachers more new media if you will one <laughs> right. of them's name is matthew dredger another one's alexander o the wars i'm going off to the side <laughs> sure, of those sure. guys and i'm going to preach uh on top of my barrel a sermon about the great willem Soon to be a saint. So before you start, yes, um, your your family member Esther too, and perhaps Jack the Hot as well, and uh, the rest of the family sort of arrives to support you. And um, Esther too, do you want to give Willem his garment? Cousin, cousin his Bertram, Ber- his garment. Rather, cousin so. Bertram, I made you a nice tunic for you to wear during your sermon. Perhaps attract the eyes of the penitents and the and the uh, you know uh, those who don't believe. Uh, Bertram re- uh, looks very happy, and he reaches out a hand, and that's that's when everyone notices, kind of for the first time. Bertram O the Cross is thirty eight years old, but he looks like he's forty seven. You know, and yeah, he's, he's fairly kind of not super strong guy, and he says, uh, oh, th- "Thank you very much, Esther too. This shall do quite splendidly." And oh, it's so warm in the. Allow pattern. me to put it on you. Oh yes, oh yes. 
Yeah. I'm sensing is... some sexual tension. I'm sensing no. sexual tension. No, it's no. religious. No, no, no. It's okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I misread that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. uh, he puts his little arm through the first. Oh, oh, it's, oh it's so, so. Is that satin? Oh, it's so nice. Of course, it's oh. not satin. <laughs> oh, go on. It's probably a. It's probably a kind of a scratchy burlap type material, but it doesn't Somewhat matter. Less yeah. rough yeah. spun than the other garments you have made. And I'm this been, inlay. Oh. I've been working on my skills. I'm working on my skills. And God has blessed every member of the family in different ways. And the way that he blessed you is with your sewing skills, Esther, too. Among uh, other things. I have other, other talents, cousin. Of course. Of course. The, the benefits of Almighty God have poured upon this family are manifold. She is so pitiable, Bertram. Uh, and uh, you know, you you just kind of you just kind of want to talk down to her a little bit because she's just such a she she gives such cuts right. such a pathetic figure. And I'm going to put a hand on her shoulder and I'm going to say, "God delivers the greatest blessings to the weakest and most pathetic among us, Esther, and by that measure, you are the greatest scion this family has ever had." And Esther trying to work her way through the twisty logic of that backhanded compliment just says thank you cousin thank you <laughs> and thank Jack you, only hearing the compliment and there's nods <laughs> ah Jack the Hard is Jack here the as well oh. Oh, Jack you might have been you, you may have been right prior to walking up here mixing with the, the town folk that are throughout the square here where Bertram is about to give his sermon so, would you like to find out if you learn anything from them or hear their gossip a little bit? Uh, well, I actually do have. I prefer of the the new media criers. Uh, was it Matt the Drudge? Matthew Dredger? Matthew <laughs> Dredger. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. I go. I go get the Dredge report and uh, see what he has to say about the local goings on. Okay. Um, sure. So, right. So. Um, he is uh, decrying Edward's laborer's law. Um, right after the plague, there was a chance at a better life. There were so few laborers that people could ask more money, ask for more more pay for their their labor, and if they it got competitive, where they could move to different different households. If if one wasn't paying enough, the other would pay more. But then Edward the Third. Um, sent a bunch of law through Parliament making uh, all the wage levels stay at pre-plague levels and uh, made it illegal to switch from household to household. So if you were on a farm, you couldn't move to a different farm for better wages. Uh, and so he, uh, the peasantry was stuck back uh, where they were before the plague, uh, earning no benefit from a, a, a market that, that should have benefited them. And so that is what the drudge is uh, is decrying. Uh, well, moved by uh, any persuasive speaker, I am completely convinced that this is a terrible thing that's, that's been done. Yeah, and people have been complaining about it for a while because those laws went into place like in the 1350s, but people are still saying, we had our chance 10 years ago and now we're stuck. I'm not going to rouse any rabble, but uh, we should do something. 
Okay, great. <laughs> Jack the Hot immediately uh, catches on to any any particular um, cause that is uh, thrown his way. Um, so yeah, you're you're like we should do something about this, and other townsfolk are kind of like, yeah, uh, but what? Uh, and uh, right about this time, it is time for Bertram of the Cross to make <clears throat> his presence known and to give his sermon. Jack, Jack the Hod, could you help me before the, the sermon? Come, come, my boy, my son. Jack? Jack the Hod? Come, oh. come. Oh. Yes. I come oh. from the crowd. He, put he your so. Put your hand like Popping this, his... please, my child. Like, make a stirrup of your hand. Ah, yes, and I put my foot right in his hand. Help me up on the barrel, old boy. Ah! Well, you lift him like a little child. I love that this guy is 38. Yes. Yeah, it's been a hard... I didn't... I almost didn't make it uh, through the plague. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of do a little bit of a swish, you know, so that the robe kind of displays itself in its voluminosity and all of the beautiful pattern that Esther too has put into it. I note... The little mushroom designs harkening back to my forefather, Bertram of the Cave. And with that inspiration, I say, My people, gather around for a sermon from the book of the Acts of Willem. I shall read from the words of Theodric himself. Chapter 2, verse 3. The fires of Portsmouth were seen from afar. Like a knife through the city, the flames left a scar. But Willem the Mighty, unshackled from fear, knew that his family must surely be near. And he just keeps telling the story of the French attack. And this is the the meat of the Willem legend. It's interesting. His sermon sounds a little bit like the night before Christmas. (laughs) It does, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The same, uh, the same <laughs> on general On Bertram, rhythm. on Theodric, on Wilkie and Esther. <laughs> well, let's see how well his sermon is received. I like All that right. it's in verse. That's good. And, uh, it's what, what literally a quote from Theodric's songs last session. They, they live. It's the living gospel, if you will. Excuse me, Nash, I have a cold, so occasionally I'm going to be going like that or like that. Um, if you're just listening to the podcast, you don't know that I just raised a tissue to my face and that there's a giant, long string of green snot currently hanging from my nose. Excuse me, the, uh, everyone. All right. So, uh, let's see. What skill do you have in this way? I think public speaking is probably the the way to go with this one. I got a 12. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to give you a plus two for a 14 because of Ooh. this beautiful garment you're wearing. Excellent. Can I help him? by clotting people who aren't paying attention, shouting, it's the Bible, pay attention. Yes, you can. Um, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how GURPS handles aid, but I think that what I'll do is have you make a skill roll first, and if it's uh, successful, I'll give an, uh, even another bonus to our friend Bertram of the Cross. So what skill are you using to clod people? Uh, brawl feels a little strong, so let's just make it a, <laughs> let's say like a dex roll. I'm just kind of clouding people on the ears, being like, pay attention to the Bible when it's read. What about perception to see if you notice people who aren't paying attention? I can definitely do that. Let's do that. That as well. Ten on eight. So I don't notice anybody. Okay. (laughs) uh, Yeah, you're not that effective. Okay, go ahead with a 14. How does the public speaking go? I rolled an 11. 
and 11 very good so uh the crowd is enraptured they love your your verse they are uh, it's not my verse it's theodric's verse right they are convinced of the of the uh, beatification the uh, holy and divine uh, existence of willem you have them in the palm of your hand is there anything you'd have them do or why yes my friends my family has long dwelled in Portsmouth Town and its environs. We draw our power and our connection to the almighty God from our blood, but also from the earth upon which that blood has spilled over the decades. Here, and he fiddles around in a pouch, and he opens a pouch, and he starts pulling out these little dried fungus pieces, and he starts handing them out. He says, it is through the holy sacrament of the cave mushroom that we communicate with our forefathers and with the land itself. And I promise this is not heretical. Please have a, a take your own sort of communion. This is not blasphemy. Please. Here, another. And he starts <laughs> handing out uh, little um, uh, caps. Everybody, yes, and they are taking them and they are going to eat <laughs> them. But everybody Excellent. can make a perception roll now. And these, by the way, are not like super duty Grateful Dead concert, you know, sure. mushrooms. These are more just sort of get you in the mood for a oceanic moment kind of mushrooms. Right. Everyday household uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever came out of the cave, right? Right. Um, right. So uh, what is everybody's perception role doing for you? Fail. 12 Missed it by one. I think Esther, uh, too, probably took two mushrooms. <laughs> Yeah. One for each Esther. By the way, we're first cousins once removed. Ah, thank you. That's great. Your great-grandfather was my grandfather. I can never keep that all straight. Like, first cousins, second cousins, once removed, all that. Um, how did you do on your perception role? Clinton Trucks, a.k.a. Jack uh, Hyde. Nine on, a, nine on an eight, so fail, but not crazy. So none of you notice, uh, until they are among you, the group of men-at-arms uh, led by uh, someone from the liege lord of the area. Uh, this, of course, you know, uh, Harold Hayter, uh, yes. who, yes, well, he passed. It's been oh. many years since you've seen Harold Hayter, but his his son, Harlow Hayter, Harlow. Uh, has, yeah, Harlow Hayter, uh, which is actually a medieval name, has, uh, has sent some agents here among the crowd and uh, one of them uh, comes forward with a writ in hand uh, and uh, says, uh, says uh, Gwyn, also known as Bertram of the Cross. Yes, welcome, pilgrims. Join us. It is a you are charged moment. with heresy and blasphemy against the word of God. Our orders are to take you to the keep. Grab him. And uh, some some men at arms come forward to grab you. Uh, can I? This... Can Esther Chu throw herself in front of Bertram of the Cross? <laughs> Certainly. Oh, please don't take my first cousin once removed. Without his spiritual guidance, we would have nothing, nothing. And I'm okay. extra pi- extra pitiable when I do it. All right. Um, so let's see. Let's see how this goes. I mean, you are extra pitiable. Um, this is normally a, a reaction roll thing. So yeah. um, you take I'm, a plus but you three. get plus three on your reaction roll. 
Yeah. So, um, let me get out the reaction table here. And let's see how you do. I am but a poor seamstress and farm wife. Without Bertram's guidance, where would we be? We would starve. You are so pitiable that your plus three is in effect. Let's see how they react to you. Ah, uh, ooh. That's a 13 plus three is a 16. Very good. The NPC thinks highly of the PC and is quite helpful and friendly. <laughs> Pitiable's great. <clears throat> yeah, that really helped. So they go, Miss, please, take your feet. I- I'm sorry, Miss, but... Uh, this doctrine that your first cousin twice uh, once removed once removed uh, is uh, is sharing among uh, the people of Portsmouth is heretical now I, I I have been charged with taking him to the jail where he will be held for trial not the jail. and I simply cannot disobey my orders and it, even though I, it it pains me to to hurt your kin. What, what are if, we to do here? What if we were to offer you something as a a bond, perhaps? And he wouldn't have to go to the jails for trial. Bond? Bond. You mean he would await trial outside of the dungeon? Yes. And you, ma'am, you could assure us that he would not flee? Uh, and, and Esther, too, draws a knife and says, he definitely won't. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, good thing the reaction to you was very good. So they, uh, they Put go... Put the knife back. They know yes. I'm, threaten- I'm threatening my own first cousin. Make it clear. Do I see that from on top of the barrel, or is that Certainly. more like you're doing it surreptitiously? Oh, wait, yeah. Vantage from the barrel. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I- I think I, uh, yeah, I try to do it surreptitiously. I don't think I'm very good at being surreptitious, though. Well, I'm lost up in my own moment, so I probably don't notice that. Well, we can do rolls to see if you Yeah, I guess it is a game, right? Give me a perception roll, and then um, what would we use to be stealthy, Esther 2? I guess in your case, yeah, I guess knife would work, yeah. Knife skill versus perception. I pass. Yeah, I made it by one. How many did you make it by, Matthew? I rolled an 8 under a 13. Nice. Oh, okay, so you don't notice Bertram. Bertram's thinking in his head, like, oh, perhaps this is where I get martyred. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very well. Very well, uh, fine lady. We will allow allow you to take your own custody of your first cousin once removed... Uh, and assure his honesty and appearing for trial in five days. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen of Lord Hater's detail. I don't know your rank, actually. Thank uh, you. Bless you. Take we the are blessings his of God upon you. Very good. Uh, and they, um, they head back out of the square to go report back to Harold Hater. I'm sorry, Harlow Hater. Harold Hater is dead. Um, and so uh, you have successfully handled them, and uh, our friend Bertram of the Cross hasn't been uh, dragged off to a dungeon somewhere. This town is getting more and more dangerous every day. 
there is suddenly uh, sort of a, a, a bustle and a buzz among the townsfolk here in the square, and you see some of them running off toward the docks. Maybe there are ships in the docks that go to other towns that we should look into. <laughs> Maybe they had a list of other people to arrest. Should we go investigate? Yes. Yes. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll lift uh, Win off the barrel. Uh, careful. My hip. Uh. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so um, you're all going to investigate? Is that, you know, you don't have to. You could be like, ah, I'm not interested in that. I go back to the farm. You you all want to go check out what's happening? We live in a so world where nothing crowd. happens. <laughs> right. And that's why the crowd is uh, maybe pretty excited that yeah. um, as you approach the docks, you see that there are two really large ships off of the, uh, a little ways away from the dock, but they're clearly pulling up to the city, uh, and they are flying English flags. Oh. Thank goodness I was worried the French had returned. Yes. Um, one of them says, uh, uh could be that uh, the king has sent some soldiers to protect us. Oh, well, what luck? You know that French what? king has broken the treaty, don't you? Tell us more. Uh, the treaty uh, between England and France. The French king has broken it. Those Frenchies? Yes. Don't like French people very much. It appears the war is going to go on. Uh-oh. So the Hundred Years' War... <laughs> I don't the got the boots for war, that. The Hundred Years' War raged for a while. Uh, and then in... 1346 and thereabouts, Edward the Black Prince, uh, he succeeded in a a number of really crucial victories, which kind of gave the English the upper hand. And uh, at that point, there was a treaty signed that gave England a bunch of territories in France. But uh, after a while, the French got really tired of, and there's a complicated reason it all broke down, but the French got sort of tired of uh, giving England all of these territories and they saw an opportunity to go ahead and break the treaty uh, an excuse to break the treaty and so the war is back on and the second phase of the war started in 1369 so these uh, these large ships are kind of docking and they have uh, big English flags on them uh, and people are rushing up to meet them do you guys go and rush up to meet them or do you hang back or what do you do Esther is I'm impulsive. To fight the French again. Esther's impulsiveness uh, compels her to go up and, and know more and meet these soldiers. Ah, her impulsiveness. Yes, that makes sense. I, I best best follow Esther. She gets herself into so much trouble with poor mass. Perhaps there'll be new converts for the ships. I'm gonna follow. Very good. Um, so um, uh, out of the ships come you know uh come like uh, smaller uh, boats and they are uh, moving toward the shore uh, and you are right up front at the docks uh, as these uh, men uh, get close uh, and they are dressed in the accoutrement of uh, well let me see how familiar are you guys with um, you know the the dress of soldiers not at all quite uh, I am very familiar but Esther is probably not Okay. Um, Actually, have the soldiers. Give me a skill, skill roll to kind of look at how they're dressed. And Here. would you allow me to roll sewing? Ah. Uh, oh, yes. At a negative three. Okay. 
Uh, I made my soldier skill uh, with an eight on the nine. Very well done. And how did uh, Esther do? Esther fails uh, by one. Um, okay. Jack the Hod, you are pretty clueless, though, aren't you? I am. Okay. These are not English soldiers. Oh, dear. However, you are clueless. So I would like for you to interpret your disadvantage the way that you'd like to interpret it. Uh, boy, uh, how would he interpret people who are... Are they in English uh, soldier uniforms? No. Uh, well, they, they're simply flying to, the flag. They're just flying the flag, yeah. But there are things about their their kit that don't seem like exactly like English sure. soldiery. Well, uh, Gems is Gems is not a uh, not the king's soldiers. Certainly, I uh, I imagine they're just uh, celebrating the war to come. They're probably just uh, ramped up about the idea that we're going to go and fight again. So they've they're flying the colors. Huzzah, lads! I'll start. So you uh, you don't let on to the others that these are not uh, these are not Englishmen. Oh no, I do shout. Dems is not the king's soldiers. Okay, so Dems is not the king's soldiers. All right, let's see how the crowd reacts. All right, let me get that reaction table out again. Um, I'm giving you no bonus. All right, I rolled a nine. Poor. Uh, the crowd ignores you. I'm going to say that's the poor reaction. And soon these soldiers are up on the dock. And uh, suddenly you guys hear screams from the front of the crowd. And uh, you see an axe go up and come down on a English uh, Englishman uh, from Portsmouth. Unfortunately, you have described yourself as impulsively going to really the front of the crowd. So you are all directly threatened by these French soldiers. You can hear them now shouting in French. Oh. The French have come attacking again. Portsmouth again. Yes. Again. Um, so um, let's go in, uh, in speed order. Your basic speed. What is your basic speed, each of you? Uh, Jack the Hod's basic speed is 5.75. Yes, GURPS, where <laughs> characters can have a stat that is 5.75. Fractional speeds. They matter. <laughs> All right. What about my friend Esther 2? Esther 2's basic speed is 5.25. Mm. And what about our friend Bertram of the Cross? Bertram of the Cross was blessed with many miracles, but a bad hip, unfortunately, is the worst of them, and his speed is 5. Point zero zero. Okay, um, and these soldiers um, are actually at five point two five, like Esther. So um, I think that we'll just let we'll give the PC the benefit of the doubt and let the soldiers go after Esther too. So Jack the Hod, when you see this happening, what do you do? So. Uh... My my immediate inclination is to fight. Fighting the French is something I was trained to do. So, but uh, I don't I don't know if I'm so dumb. May I? Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm dumb, but I'm not uh, like 
enabled or disabled. <laughs> I'm going to. Are there uh, archers or crossbowmen or anybody on the boat who we need to worry about? Are, are there archers or crossbowmen? Um, there certainly are archers, yes, and they are uh, aiming there. You see now in the boats that are approaching the dock that there are people pulling bows and pulling back uh, arrows to fire into the crowd. Then defending this dock is not a good move. I'm going to grab up Esther and uh, Bertram and uh, retreat, run. Okay, you're going to try to try to get off of the dock with them. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, is there some sort of skill role that could reflect your success or failure at, at being able to do that? Uh, maybe it's an attribute role. Sure. And, and um, also, we need to make sure that Esther and Bertram allow you to kind of hustle indeed. them away. So, um, I, I know how much I can lift. Yes, you know uh, your exact basic lift, um, but yeah. no, I think that uh, you're trying to kind of get them to retreat, and perhaps that Indeed. is a, perhaps that is a, um, a function of your IQ. It's convincing them to go yeah. right because I don't believe Jack the Hod has a skill that would fit. I don't that. Okay, uh, but I will. I will say this isn't a winnable fight, and I'll try and uh, clasp each of them in my meaty paws. I'm going to call this. Uh, finding a route through the crowd that will be a successful, like, quick escape, okay? Okay. And leading your friends with it. IQ minus two. All right. Oh, oh, a wild failure. Rolling for six. Got a 15. Okay. Oh, Jack the Hod's IQ is quite low. Um, you, um, you're like, this way! And you stumble into, like, the crowd that, that, you know, everybody is now running from the dock and yeah. you're, you're unable to push through them uh, with, uh, with speed. Okay, so now we come to Esther 2. Um, Esther 2 wants to fight. She's impulsive. She is win. impulsive. Uh, well, there is a French soldier right in front of you who just cut down uh, one of your townsfolk, your fellow townsfolk, with an axe. Esther 2, what would you like to do? She would like to scream... Uh, the top of her lungs uh, that starts out as a scream of terror and then becomes a kind of battle cry. And she draws her knife and tries to dig, you know, just drive it right into the guy's throat. Very good. Um, uh, let's have a knife skill roll. And um, I don't think she has to really move. I think that because you said you were right at the front, you're you're already in melee range of this guy. So you don't have to do what's called in GURPS a move and attack, which gives you a penalty you can just attack. Now, you could do what's called an all-out attack if you want. Do you think that Esther 2 would do an all-out attack? It would mean that her defenses, when it's their turn, are lower, but that she has uh, more of an, a chance to hit, I believe. All-out attack. Uh, yes, you could do it and, and have a plus four to hit. Um, I, I don't think she has the wherewithal to, like, really study and like it seems like that's giving her a better chance to make to land a blow and i don't think she's she's just like ah, just like drives, right drives, she's drives just wildly ground. attacking oh no problem okay so you step and attack and uh you may roll your knife skill i roll a 12 under 13 12 under 13 very good that, um if we're using hit location is enough she said she's going for the throat just minus five she would hit she's going for the throat Wow. Okay. Um, then uh, you uh, stab into this French soldier's throat, and 
Um, we could uh, we could do everything you know that the knife does. We could roll the d6 minus. What, do you know what your knife's damage is by any chance? Let's see. It's usually like a di- uh, one die, which means one six-sided die minus something, like a minus. Yeah. I've looked yeah. up. I think a knife might be like one d6 minus two or something. But I think because you hit in the throat, let's go ahead and forego it for right now. Clinton Trucks, find out how much damage that knife does. But I think, you know, let's let's play a little looser. That knife hits home in the throat. Uh, 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 a geyser of blood comes out and splashes onto Esther 2's face. Uh, and she kills one of the French soldiers here in the first sortie. And we are going to find out if she survives their counterattack when we come back from a short ad break. This is the calamitous 14th century, a GURPS campaign here in the Game Garage on the Glass Cannon Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Game Garage here on the Glass Cannon Network where we are playing through the calamitous 14th century. We're in Portsmouth, England in the year 1369 and the French have attacked again. Feels like we just went through this 40 years ago. Here they are again. So, um, we have just seen Esther 2 savagely stab a French soldier in the uh, throat as the the French swarm the dock where our PCs were uh, congregating to watch the ships come in. And um, Clinton Trucks, you said that uh, how much damage does an attack to the throat do? Uh, it does times two damage, and uh, for Esther, that would be one D minus one. Okay, I think that um, I think that we can forego the actual damage roll right now because I think at, at times two damage, you certainly have at least incapacitated uh, this man. Uh, however, it is now the turn of the French soldiers, and what I'm going to do is I am going to see if they count you guys as targets, like they see you as targets, because Esther probably killed the one that was, or or incapacitated the one that was the closest to all three of you. Let's see if uh, any of the others, of of which right now, right near you on the dock, there are four. Let's see if any of them immediately um, pick you out as targets. So, uh, how would we do that? Why don't we call it a reaction roll? And is it modified by anything, you guys? I think it's going to be modified by the fact that Esther just killed one. So I think that they're going to definitely notice that. Um, or possibly notice it. Let's say possibly notice it. Um, should it be a reaction roll? No, I think it should be more of a perception roll. Here they go. All right, they definitely succeeded in that. So... Let's see, of the four, one is definitely moving toward Esther 2. He has a spear in his hand. Uh, He runs forward screaming at you in French. Um, This is an ugly cuss. He has big, full lips and a nasty scar over his nose. Uh, And he takes his spear and he uh, leans back and he attacks poor Esther 2. A woman! I'm very pitiable. What a cur! Uh, she says, are, covered, in, are, covered in blood. <laughs> you are pitiable. Should I give a reaction roll before he... It might make her a less uh, vital target. I think we should do a reaction roll. I think we should do a reaction roll with pitiable to see if he even thinks you're worth 
you're worth murdering. Clutch disadvantage. Clutch. No, the, the, the invincible is an advantage. It is actually ah, an advantage. Okay, good. It is that actually an advantage. Here we go. Let's see. All right. So it didn't roll as high as I have before, but it's a six-two, and then plus three for the pitiable. So that is uh, eight plus three gets you to ten to eleven. He is neutral to you, <laughs> and I'm afraid neutral is enough for the uh, stabbing of his comrade to take him over the. You know, over the line, yeah. and he will go ahead don't want to get stabbed. and attack you with no a spear. It. And his spear roll is over his skill, uh, and so he jabs the spear at you, but he just snags part of your dress, perhaps, Esther, too, and rips. Yeah, oh no, you sewed that yourself. <laughs> Esther's uh, eyes, is just like the fire overtakes Esther's eyes. It just sees red. Sees the tear and the seam of her, uh, not on the seam of her dress. And worse, it's not on the seam. Yes, um, the other soldiers are hacking away at uh, other citizens, and you can see that uh, they are fully making a, a beeline into the middle of town as, as as easily as they can. As they hack away at citizens, some are grab. Gra- one of the four soldiers is grabbing uh, someone and uh, pulling him back, like trying to throw shackles on him. Um, so they are apparently also taking prisoners. Bertram of the Cross, it's your turn. All right. Um, so much commotion, so much bloodshed. This is terrifying. Bertram, um, I would like to make a area knowledge Portsmouth check to see, like, where is the closest either escape route or hiding place or what. I spent a lot of time proselytizing in this part of town. And maybe I'm aware of some nook and cranny or something that can give us an opportunity to tell on. That's a great idea. Go ahead and give me uh, that area knowledge Portsmouth check. I got a 10, and my area knowledge Portsmouth is 11. Very good. Um, So you know um, a good place to hide where you don't think that they will, like, burn it or attack it. And um, I'm going to say that it is um, an uh, an abandoned building. Uh, okay. That is, uh, but and, and it's and it's definitely within running distance of here. Um, okay. So, um, uh, you know, when they rebuilt the town last time, uh, this was just uh, like one of the buildings that was left over from a long time ago. So it doesn't it doesn't scream out, "Hey, this this place needs to be burnt down." Like it's already kind of in ruins, <laughs> right? All right. Cool. Um, why ruin a place that's already ruined? So um, you could run there, but I, I think your area knowledge is instant. It, mm-hmm. It's a free action. So okay. I'm going to go ahead and allow you to... Would you like to try to make a move through all of these people? Yeah, well, crowd? first first I'm going to say, Jack the Hod, Esther 2, follow me. I know where we can go and hide. And uh, I'm going to try and, yeah, weave my way through the crowd like a little kid trying to escape at the end of a church sermon where all the moms are talking. Uh, even between legs getting the hell out great I think if we're weaving and because we have no skill necessarily I think it's going to be a dexterity okay Uh, and um, you know I don't think it's like you're using a skill without training I think it's just a a dexterity thing so give me a a straight dexterity roll I missed it by four by four so um, you don't get pushed off the dock or anything (laughs) but 
uh, other people do. You can see that all of these people that are kind of trying to run all at once, some of them are being pushed off into the water, screaming as they fall off the side because everybody is rushing at once. So you're unable to get out of the crowd. Um, and you, you aren't able to cover much distance. And we will come back to uh, the beginning of the, uh, the order with Jack the Hot. Uh, Jack the Hot's going to look at Esther too. Is she um, looking like she's going to listen to uh, <laughs> uh, Bertram that uh, we should be playing, or is she in this fight? I was going to uh, throw myself at the mercy of the rules and roll a self-control check okay. to overcome my impulse. I love that. Uh, great. So right now, Jack the Hob, the answer is that she looks quite out of control. The self-control check on her turn will change things possibly. Then my action will be I'm going to attempt to grab the extended spear that was attempting to stab Esther and wrench it out of this French cur's hands. It was also the weapon of the guy who I stabbed, probably. Uh, that's yes. true. There's an axe. He had an axe. I don't know how to use this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going to try to disarm this other French soldier and take yeah, his I'm spear from him. out of his arms. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what are you going to use to do that? So I'm going to make an unarmed attack on the spear, just trying mm-hmm. to grab it, mm-hmm. and then I'm hoping it'll be strength versus strength for me to just wrench it out of his hands. Strength versus strength to wrench it out of his hands sounds very, very reasonable. I'm currently in the index looking at disarm, looking for disarm. It's going to show you a disarm maneuver, which is like a fencing thing. It's not really what we're doing. No, it's not at all. I think I like I like your solution for it. So, um, can you make first a brawl attack, and then we'll do strength versus strength? Yep. Okay, great. Five. Nine on a brawl of 11. You uh, managed to get inside his guard grab on his uh, grab a hold of his spear and now you're both like ah struggling over the spear i love this oh these brave brave countrymen defending england all right uh and so now let's do strength versus strength you ready all right i'm ready go hey all right uh five on 14 9 on 11 you win Um, Jack the Hot wrenches the spear from this uh, French soldier Um, incredible Um, and I think that's your entire turn unless you disagree Um, okay very good and that brings us to Esther 2 alright so what Esther 2 wants to do is is to just try to stab the throat of the guy who just lost the spear but, okay, <laughs> so we're not. We've changed our mind about that self-control role. No, no, I'm saying I, that's what like that's her instinct is to go just like keep on going on a stabbing oh. spree. But the smarter move would probably be to retreat. So that's I was, what happens I, if you fail the self-control role? Yeah. So if I oh, fail okay. the self-control role, I'll stab. I'll go to try to stab the guy. So, so what if I, I understand correctly, self-control role is a will role. Okay. <laughs> Esther 2's will is not not incredible. It's it's ten. Yep. Here we go. I rolled a a 16. Okay. That's almost what you might call a critical miss in GURPS. Um, So, nope. She's still stabby. 
So I go to st- I go to drive uh, my knife straight through maybe just like the face or neck of the uh, the now weaponless soldier. I'm gonna call this so I'm gonna call this soldier unfortunate facial hair. Okay. Uh, uh, so it's like a really natty blonde mustache. Ooh. Yeah, ooh. underneath his helm. All right, um, going for another neck stab. Are you calling yeah. the shot, or are you just trying to stab him? I'm the, uh, no, I want to go for another neck stab, actually. All right. Uh, uh, how do we call this shot, Clint? You got It's a negative, right? To yeah, the roll? it's going to be your skill minus five to hit him in the neck. Okay, so I got to Do you want to try oh. that? No, that's and We've not be... done any defensive rolls. I you guess did it last time. I'm just going to try to stab him anywhere. Um, okay. Do I have to move to get to him? Um, I think that you... No, we've established that he was kind of right beside the other guy because he attacked you, didn't oh, he? Oh, he attacked me, right. So, yeah, he's already in melee range of you. So, uh, pitiable Esther, young, unassuming farm wife and seamstress, uh, leaps from gut- like just, just carving out the throat of one soldier to try to stab at the next. She rolls. Oh, she's going to miss. Okay, yeah, that's... Oh, no, no, she hits. That's a 12 under 13. There you go. Um, let's do the knife's damage, which I think you said is 1d6 minus 1, Clint? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's going to be 4 damage. 4 damage. Okay. Great. Um, Great but, of course, you didn't hit in the throat this time. Yeah. You hit where uh, the man is armored. So, uh, hitting his uh, male shirt... Um, uh, your four damage uh, seems to go askance, go awry, uh, and uh, y- you feel like the uh, you don't get like a good puncture into that male shirt. Hate when that happens. I don't blame you. Uh, of course, none of our characters are using none of our PCs are using armor because they are simple peasant folk. This is a game about simple peasant folk trying to just dis- dis- to survive, not warriors. Um, We're going to die on the stock. Maybe you will. Uh, And today's episode will be a little shorter. Um, Let's see. Uh, It is now the uh, French soldier's turn. And because you have attacked one directly, that French soldier is going to attack you. Uh, However, I believe he is bereft of weapon. No weapon. Indeed. Yep. So he's just going to do a brawl attack against you, Esther. And he is going to uh, critically hit Uh-oh. because he got oh. a. <coughs> Excuse me, he got a three. I rolled I was three. Tell ones. You to dodge, but the odds of you getting a critical dodge seem pretty slim. All it's right, a good what thing is... that he has his fist and not his spear. Um, so do- with for dodge, I could just roll under my dodge skill. Right. Um, yes. Would critical. you like to try that? Yeah. Why not? Right? Is there is there a reason not to? I don't see why not. Everybody gets to dodge on their round. Why not? Uh, in the round, so you could try it. All right, so I have, I have to get a... So I've got to roll under an eight. Obviously difficult. But well, no, he critically succeeded, so you need to you need a critical dodge to dodge a critical. Oh, That's no. okay. I rolled an 11, so it didn't happen. Ooh, didn't happen. Didn't happen. All right, Clinton Trucks, do you um, perhaps know what a hand-to-hand attack does? Uh, do you know how strong your uh, gentleman is? I do. Does he derive his power from uh, an excess of bad facial hair? Uh, Yes, he does. Um, 
What, what's the answer to our equation, Mr. Well, Clinton? I, yeah, I need to know how strong he is. Oh, I hate giving away the stats of my, my NPCs, uh, but it, he page, is a... Page 16 of the basic uh, book will also show you the table that I'm on. Oh, okay, page 16? Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you. He has a strength of 11. Uh, and his rust damage is uh, 1d minus 1 crushing, as opposed to 1d1. 1d minus 1. But he's got he got a critical hit, so that means he... I'm gonna rule to that I'm gonna rule that he does or... max damage. I'm gonna rule that he does max damage, not double damage. Is if you were playing a fantasy twenty game, uh, d twenty game, but but max damage. So uh, since his max damage is five, he does five damage just punching you in the face, Esther two. Ah. Esther two, what is your health? Um, my health is nine, so my <gasps> HP is also nine, right? Which means I am now at four. Esther 2, I'm going to apply... Uh, I'm not sure if this is a group's rule. It's maybe a, more of a Jared Logan rule. I would love for a health roll right now. And if you fail it, I think that maybe his blow is going to bring you to your knees, maybe even knock you unconscious. Okay. Health roll. So you can do a knockdown roll here, and a hit for face is knockdown minus 5. Almost certainly should. Uh, I fail my health. I fail my health roll. Okay. So I think that you do... Um, you do fall, collapse to the bottom of the dock, and now you are uh, a bit inert at the moment. Ugh. You're dazed. All right. Um, let's see if any of our other French soldiers pick out Jack the... Well, one has definitely picked out Jack the Hod as a, as a uh, threat. Um, and so uh, he will move forward and attack Jack the Hod. All right. uh, this is one of the ones that hasn't acted yet. So one is shackling a peasant... One has just been cutting down peasants, and that is the one that moves forward to Jack the Hod, who just ripped a spear out of his friend's arms and attacks with his spear. Oh, that's a good roll. He rolled under his skill by by four. So he's going uh, to do his... With, with a spear? Mm-hmm. You want to dodge? I'm going to attempt to dodge. Yes. Okay. Now, you have a weapon, so you can parry... But, my uh, parry would be worse than my dodge. Yeah, you should do your dodge. Um, so, uh, rolling for an 8, I rolled a 7. You successfully dodge out of the way of his spear uh, thrust. Right. Nicely done. Um, and then that brings us to Bertram. Oh, the cross. Still trying to right. get off this dock. <clears throat> Yeah, so he's on the dock. He looks down at these peasants who have been pushed into the water who are presumably struggling to stay above the, the surface. And he looks down at them and he says, Confess your sins. The kingdom of heaven approaches. Uh, and then he thinks a little bit. What's the what's the villain situation around him? Is, there a, is he being directly harassed by... No, it's so far he has been ignored, um, okay. possibly because he hasn't like put himself in the fray. Right. Um, well, he is a man of the cloth. Uh, he does not have a weapon. His weapon is his faith. And so uh, he's going to try to, again, he'll say, uh, he turns back and he says, Jack, Esther, to... and then he sees Esther's on the ground. And he wants to leave. And he wants to flee. But he pities Esther. He can't leave poor, defenseless, 
maybe mentally deranged Esther all alone in the hands of the vile French. So instead of fleeing, he's going to bolster a little bit of strength and he's going to go and try and pick up his first cousin. Once removed. Once removed. And see if he might be able to ferry her to safety. First cousins once removed have to stick together. That's I've That's always right. said that. You wouldn't want to be twice removed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never. All right. I think that's just a strength roll. Oh, goody. And it also requires movement. You you're, you kind of moved closer to the uh, center of the fight here. Okay. Well, I got an eight out of ten. Oh, well, then you succeed. You heft Esther onto your back. Oh, God. Uh, and I can tell you that um, at this point, we will uh, allow some of the peasants to act. And some of them that haven't fallen off the dock into the water actually managed to make the path clearer now, right? Like, they have uh, successfully moved off of the dock deeper into the town, and they are running away. So the way is a bit clearer, but you have used your turn to pick up Esther 2, and that brings us back to the top of the order with Jack the Hod. Uh, Jack the Hod is going to now use his newly acquired spear to stab uh, I think at the second soldier, the one who has a spear. Or the one that just attacked threat. you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a minus three on that roll and aim for the vitals. Ooh. And going for a nine, and I got a four, six, eight. Eight on nine. So was hey, there you go. Is he going to defend it all? Um. Yes, he will try to dodge. And he will fail, rolling a massive uh, 16. Great. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, that hit to the vitals will be a flat 1D impaling damage. Okay. Uh, of which I rolled a 3. However, uh, impaling damage to the vitals is times 3. So, 9 damage. Oh my god. So, you get up under his mail shirt, right into his innards... And yeah, your your spear hits uh, important organs uh, that do important jobs, uh, and uh, uh, blood spurts out of his mouth, and he falls to his knees. He is, for all intents and purposes, incapacitated. And um, I mentioned there were only four Frenchmen on this dock. Uh, you've taken out two of them. Holy moly! It's true. Uh, yeah, Jack uh, is. A little like when you see Forrest Gump in Vietnam, right? Just kind of like doing the job he's trained to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. All right. Excellent uh, turn. And then we come to Esther 2. Esther 2, if you give me a health roll, um, you can you can come too. You can kind of, uh, you know, suddenly get your wits about you again. Um, okay. I make an 8 under 9. There you go. So you find yourself suddenly, uh, you blacked out for a minute, but now you're on Bertram of the Cross's shoulder. I maybe uh, do I still have my knife in my hand? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, give me a, give me a. Let's just make it chance. I'm gonna give it a ten. You do not. All right. Well, then I'm just gonna swing wildly at anything resembling Frenchman as Bertram carries me to wherever he carries. Well, um, there was a Frenchman right near you that just clobbered you before Bertram picked you up. 
So uh, why don't you give me a brawl roll, which uh, would be probably strength minus, oh, let's call it three. Very small chance that I actually hit the connector. Uh, no, nine under six. Over no, six. you're just flailing madly uh, as Bertram tries to drag you away. And that is when this soldier that just clobbered you is going to try to grab you and pull you out of Bertram's grasp. No, oh, come on, sir. Can I dodge that? Um, I think because you are on top <laughs> of Bertram, Bertram has to dodge it. Yeah, can I, I dodge it? You can't. Oh, boy, my dodge is not good. Oh, boy, did I fail. Okay, um, <laughs> that is unfortunate because he did manage to successfully grab onto Esther 2's, like, uh, arms. <coughs> as Esther 2 was flailing at him. And now it's strength versus strength, Bertram versus this French soldier. Unhand my f- cousin, first cousin once removed, villain. Ah, I'm not very strong. I missed it by one. <coughs> okay, let's see. He succeeded by one. Ah, oh, so, have pity on her, sir. Um, I'm going to say that he has pulled uh, Esther 2 out of your grasp, and now he is grappling with Esther. He's, he has Esther 2 grappled uh, and over his shoulder. Uh, and uh, that is the end of his turn, and then it is Bertram of the Cross's turn. Good sir, she is the weakest of all of us. Have pity, sir. Have pity. And I'm going to try to pull her back. Okay, great. Meanwhile, uh, she's clawing and trying to bite him. Meanwhile, she's me. like covered in the murder blood of the first person she killed and is obviously by far more capable than we all think. Right. Basically going after this guy like a street cat. <laughs> right, okay. So you're going to brawl with her. God help us. This poor crowd, all high on mushrooms in this fucking horror show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this has got to be a bad trip, right? If, you, uh, if you've just taken some of the mushrooms. That's um, the funny okay. thing. It won't, they won't kick in for a little while, so it's, it still happened. Like... Oh. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, um, it says it defaults to nothing brawling, uh, but it is dexterity easy, Clint, right? So, um, That's correct. I'm just going to allow you to make a dexterity roll, and if you succeed, that means you've grabbed onto Esther again, and you can do another strength versus strength. Okay. Oh, I do not succeed. Okay, great. Um, so this uh, soldier is carrying Esther away, carrying Esther back to a boat. No. Not uh, and you see France. that. Yes, and you see that they've already shackled one uh, peasant, the, uh, a, a young man who they are pushing over into the boat um, they're taking they're taking prisoners okay so um, that is Bertram of the Cross's turn Jack the Hawk uh, well it sounds like there is a soldier uh, with his back to me trying to take the woman back to the boat so I'll stab him in the kidneys go for it and because his, uh, he's a little bit uh, preoccupied you can go ahead and have plus two to that roll love it Didn't even need the plus two. Made another hit to the vitals. Oh, a hit to the vitals! Yeah, absolutely. I'm not fucking around with these guys. Do your damage. Poke people where they don't want to get poked, I says. Uh, four times three. So, Damn. Uh, I should mention that, that that times three will be after the armor. 
So right. Um, okay. Times, but still, um, still a lot of damage. Nobody so you just wants did to twelve damage, right? Yeah, you did enough to incapacitate him. GURPS combat is pretty brutal. So even with the armor, um, you, you manage to uh, pierce the armor and do damage to the vitals. And he starts bleeding out on the dock, and he drops Esther 2 onto the dock. And I'm going to rule that you guys have, uh, at, at that point, successfully incapacitated the main French soldiers that are threatening you. And you can now move freely, and we can leave combat turns. Um, so where are you going? What are you going to do? I know. I think we should full flee. Yes, there's an abandoned warehouse not far from here. The French will never check it. Oh, poor Any Esther! Second. Here, here, take my hand, my dear. Oh gosh. That, meanwhile, so Esther is just like so scrambling around for her. Where's her knife? She's like like Velma <laughs> on the ground, like trying to find a knife in the crowd. I can't find my glasses. Find my knife. Okay, so you guys run to that um, that abandoned building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. And it's even you know it was burnt a long time ago, so it's even missing part of its roof, and it's all grown over with vines and moss, uh, and and things that um, that grow in the dampness here by the water. Uh, but you um, you all they says of, they used to make nails here. Yeah, once <laughs> once long ago they made nails here, but no longer. And so you hide out, and um, uh, as you uh, hide out, you hear sounds coming from the town. Screams, shouts, um, the sounds of buildings collapsing. Um, I mean, cries of anguish as the French spread through Portsmouth again. Is anybody moved by any of this, or do you just uh, kind of hunker down and uh, and wait? Oh no, uh, Jack will turn to uh, Bertram and say, "Hold on, God, to save us! Are failing that? Let's run and get our Lord." Take take my hands, Esther and uh, Jack. Uh, grasp on to my weak hands, please. Together, please help. Come, Almighty God. We pray that you will deliver Portsmouth from the vile and disgusting French. And barring that, we pray that you understand that the three of us, and indeed all of our family, worship you, Holy Lord Jesus. And if we are martyred today, let it be that our ledger is marked in such a way that we've ticked off all the boxes so that we can join you in almighty heaven for all time. I love you, Jesus, and I love my cousins whatever my relation to Jack Lahad is is important to me as well. Employee. <laughs> yes, long-suffering family. Um, I just mostly just want to make sure that when we are killed, our souls are going to go to the Sure. Not calling... Do you have anything to confess? Now is the time, my friends. Do you have any sins that you wish to confess? As we prepare our necks for the chopping block of the French... I sometimes creep into the barn and take milk before the morning milking. What? Oh, very well, my my son. I confess that sometimes I harbor murderous urges. (laughs) I have thought many times about you know, offing poor Brindley. He's he's very nice, but he's just a pain in my toot. But I resist because I'm a godly woman and very pitiable. Oh, 
Esther, I'm so sorry. And I hug you. Oh, that's yeah. just awful. Am I getting like a sexual tension there with no. that hug? Or, no. no, it's religious. <laughs> okay, it's religious. I misread no. that. I misread that. It's, it's a pity hug. It's a pity hug. Uh, right, of course. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, oh, People do God. lots of things for pity, sir. I, I too have a confession to make. There are days where I hope that I am martyred uh, so that I may join my father Willem the side of almighty Christ. So with that, let us walk into the streets and announce ourselves to the French and accept our fates. Uh, well, if, if it's your need to be martyred, I guess I'll hand you the spear. <laughs> yeah, spear. Esther will say it. <laughs> I will do this service for you, cousin. Alright. Well, this is it. It's been a wonderful series of decades for our family, but it's all come to this moment. And uh, just All remember... the same, I'm not going to go fight those French. Oh, I'm but... going to go talk to our lord and let him know the French have come by water under a false flag. Uh, but... You do you, and... Uh, two, two things, Jack. <laughs> as savage and disturbing as my first cousin once removed Esther is with a seamstress's knife, we require your fighting ability to, uh, to win this day. That's thing number one. Thing number two is the Lord wanted to throw me in jail, and you would take us to him. Well, if I am in jail, I will be remembered longer than if I am slain on the street by a dirty frog. Yes, let us go see the Lord. Uh, I've come Among along to the finest to ways your... to be martyred is to starve yourself in a jail cell. Yes, yes, I've oft dreamt of it. Yes, yes, far better to be martyred starving and screaming than to be bleeding out on the cobblestone. Yes, yes, you lead the way, Jadkahad. Esther, protect us with your knife. I will continue to pray the entire time, and that will be the most effective boon of all, for the Lord will be at our side. How long is the jog to the manor? It's, um, it's, you know, maybe an hour's travel um, to get to the fortress uh, where your liege lord uh, holds court. So, um, in order to find the fastest, most convenient route that will perhaps keep you away from French patrols, I'll need some sort of check. I do have area that knowledge. area knowledge. That's the way I do it. Yep, give me that area knowledge check. Oh, Eight uh, out of eleven. Five uh, out of ten. Nice. Okay. Um, you guys take side streets uh, and uh, a back way through the country overland. Um, and soon you're, uh, you come around to the back of the fortress where you can see the fortress is um, burning uh, and that there is combat happening outside of it between French forces and English forces. Some of the English forces are a horseback and they're not doing a poor job. Okay. Shall, we, shall we go wage it out in the cave? Or perhaps Spain? Nonsense. This is our lord. He'd be calling us to this fight anyway. I'll grab the spear. So you're going to run into combat, Jack the Hog. Well, my, my thought is that with, like, Jack is a, a big 14 or 15 year old, just got conscripted before. He's like, if the French are back, you know he's going to get conscripted again. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he would join the fight. 
Uh, Esther too will uh, her impulsiveness will be awakened by Jack Todd's example, and we'll have we'll have to roll self control not to follow him. Uh, great, go ahead and roll that. And she fails. Okay, um, and Esther too is currently um, hurt and uh, has no knife. Is that correct? I have no knife, but I do have sewing needles. So I'm going to take my sewing needles and just put them in between my fingers and just make sewing needle brass knuckles. Bertram of the Cross, when you see them um, preparing for battle, what do you do? So what I suggest is that we stay here in a tight circle and wait out the foot. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) He's going to just sort of hobble uh, alongside. He has no weapon, so he's just walking next to the family, I guess, and he's like, uh, um, Theodric's, uh, Book of Willem, uh, Book 3, Verse 7, um, a farewell to Robert, the whole town is dead, but Theodric and Agnes, (laughs) they're out there, and he just is, like, muttering these, these quotations in a way to bolster the faith of the two of them, it's really awesome. And it works, because Jack fully believes that that's the Bible, and reading the Bible, uh, makes you strong. So. Yep. And just to be clear for everyone at home, it is not the Bible. <laughs> oh, if, that, if that was unclear to anyone. Not yet. Anyway. It's the Book of Willem. <laughs> yeah, the Book of Willem. The Book of Willem. It's, it was the left out of the Bible of by Willem. mistake. Technically, it's the Book of the Acts of Willem. But yes. Right. Okay, so I'm just going to see how the battle is going as you arrive. Whether the English are winning or the French. And it looks like... The English are winning. Um, So you watch as some French soldiers are cut down and routed right as you arrive. So there are French soldiers. Let's see how many. There are three running from English soldiers on horseback who are the English soldiers are not pursuing because they're they're cutting down some more French soldiers that are near them. You guys are sort of in in the path to intercept these three French soldiers that are retreating. Do you bother, or do you do you attack them, or do you go to help the English soldiers on horseback? What do you do? I want to drive my sewing needles right through their eyeballs. Great. They're not, they're, th- these are armed and armored cavalry. I think we should let them. <laughs> um, this is not cavalry. These French soldiers that are retreating are not on horseback. Oh, they're not on horseback. Okay. No, I was I described the English soldiers on horseback. But they are armored, correct? They do have their male shirts and their helmets, yes. And what sort of weapons do they have? Um, one is carrying an axe and two are carrying spears. I don't like the odds. I think we should I'm gonna roll my self control. Yeah, poor pitiable Esther too may not have control of her actions. <laughs> and I fail. Badly. Esther too, um, I think they are so um, concentrating on getting away from the English uh, knights that they do not expect a woman to come running out of the high grass with two sewing needles in their hands. So I will allow you to run out screaming and take an action before they can react. Um, great. And should I roll knife or sewing? Or I'll allow you to roll knife at negative... One because a sewing needle is sort of similar to a knife. It's still a piercing attack. Like I said, I, I put them into my, I put them between my fingers with a piece of thread connecting them, so like a little sewing brass knuckle. 
Right, of course. Uh, of wait, course. are we talking like Wolverine hands? Yes. I uh, so got it. Got it. No <laughs> problem. They're this big. Okay. I fail. <laughs> A 13 over, over Wait, 12. are these sewing needles or knitting needles? Sewing needles. So are they really small? Yes. I don't have terribly large hands. Uh, sure. Okay, so you run this out. This is suicidal. Uh, and it is suicidal. I may not be oh. the first to be murdered today. Or is it just impulsive? Or is, is it, it just, just impulsive? impulsive? Or um, is it a sign of a miracle? You run out and you swipe at them, and then you get a reaction roll to see if they find you pity- pitiable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is a 14 with your plus three for pitiable. Seems low. I have to keep. I think it's pretty good, actually. Okay. It is pretty good. It's they have a good reaction to you. They uh, admire my gumption. I think that they find you pitiable and pathetic and not a threat, and so uh, they sort of elbow you aside and keep moving oh. unless uh, Jack the Hot or anybody else wants to intercept. If they're not trying to kill Esther, I would like. Them. Um, all right. Um, so um, you let them go, and they run away uh, down the road. Uh, and soon uh, you um, you are stand. You, you watch as the uh, English uh, knights cut down the remaining French soldiers in front of the fortress. Uh, and you may approach the fortress and those English knights if you'd like. Uh, yes, I would like to approach the English knights. Do you guys follow? Yes. Relaxes. Yes. One of the knights says a line that I have always dreamed of saying in a role-playing game. Halt! Who goes there? Friend or foe? Uh, Friend. Good citizens of Portsmouth and uh, servants of our lord. And slayers of the French. And slayers of the French. Suddenly, a horse trots forward, and on its back, you see a member of the gentry. It is (gasps) your liege lord, Harlow Hater. <gasps> yes, that I've is the reaction you should so have. A nobleman are beings uh, that are uh, a superior uh, a being to you. They uh, they have the divine right of God to rule over these lands. I told you we'd celebrate classism, Jared. I told you we would. Yes. Uh, and so he looks down on you, uh, and uh, he has one of those little pointy uh, beards. Uh, sure. uh, 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 hanging off of his chin and he goes good countrymen have you come from the town uh, yes we have covered in the blood of the French and I'll drop the spear at his feet tax ah. most foul you do my English heart proud by taking the fight to these vile Frenchmen we are preparing for a sortie into the city to drive them back they came by ship under false flag. I don't know their numbers, but if we move quickly, we may still save us. How are I- we to know that the French would attack us again? It's only happened several times in history. The last time it happened, my father, Willem, saved many from the burning building of the, the church. Ah, it is you, heretical priest. Uh, 
Bertram, oh, the cross. There is no heresy in my words. They are purely Christian. I know your history. Your name is Gwyn. Yes, my lord. You fought fought bravely against the French as well. You propagate a false doctrine. Do you think not that your heretical preachings may have brought this this woe down upon us? Not previously occurred to me, sire. Someone's made an argument that Jack needs to agree with because it's the last person who talks. He turns and faces You're lucky you're not in my dungeon right now, but one of my men-at-arms decided that you were not a risk for flight. I stand before you a a, uh, loyal subject and uh, a big community booster of Portsmouth Town. Of course I would never flee. This is my home. My my family's blood is in the earth and sea. Bertram of the Cross, as you call yourself, prove yourself a true servant of God and come with us to drive these French back. Will you follow me? <laughs> Will you follow me, countrymen? Yes! Simple rustics! Yes! Simple childlike rustics! Will you follow me into the fray? Yes! I'll begin to beat the spear in my chest. Do you by any chance have any extra weapons? Except for you, goodly woman. You clearly need to rest. <laughs> seek seek succor within the fortress. Or you will be... I am a warrior. I have the spirit of God and the warrior inside of me. Just give me a knife. Give me a knife and I'll make them regret it. Well, picture a higher pitch from a tiny person. Tiny, pitiable woman. And now the reaction roll. <laughs> Um, that is a 14. Good. Um, so I think if it's good, you should get your way. They go, let her come. She can't hurt anything or get in our way. Very well. Then let us go. She, like, wipes the the murder blood from her face and, and, like, licks it. Back into the fray, my friends. And you see that several other knights and men-at-arms have gathered along with citizens of, uh, of Portsmouth who were hiding out in the fortress but who seemed to be a fighting spirit, you know, um, young men, uh, people in good health, and they've all grabbed uh, the the peasantry have all grabbed like makeshift weapons like uh, rakes and farming implements, and Sir Harlow Hater goes, forward! And he starts galloping back toward the town. Can I find like a hole or something? Yes, uh, people are throwing off things you can use as weapons off the back of a cart. You grab a hoe. Can I grab something as well? Absolutely. In fact, you could grab a knife if you want. I would love a knife. You get one. Um, it is a like a knife used for cooking, but you do have a big knife now. Uh, and you all run back toward the city. Um, and uh, soon you can see uh, as you come up over arise that the entire town is burning it is burning and burning and there are french in the streets and they are dragging away good englishmen in shackles um and uh actually uh, directly in front of you there are i mean this is scary but there is a large force with you 
There are 16 Frenchmen in the uh, wide street ahead of you, uh, dragging away Englishmen and setting things aflame. Um, how many Englishmen are visible? Only eight or so English people, and they are all either injured or they're being dragged away in chains. So, Sir Harlow Hater says, Charge! And he and his, let's see how many knights he has with him. He has five knights with him. So they charge in and they start attacking the 16 Frenchmen. Uh, and then let's see how many peasants are among you. Oh, God. Okay, there are like, um, there are like 10, you know, uh, common folk armed with farming implements that are all running behind the five knights. Right, what would you guys like to do? I'll and by the, the way, we are almost at the end of the story today, so this is a critical moment. Will Bertram of the Cross find his martyrdom? What will happen to the very unpredictable Esther 2 in this melee? And Jack the Hot, what is his destiny? Let's find out right now. What do you do? Uh, Jack joins the charge. Very good. Um, what about Bertram? Bertram is going to just... Uh, he's got the hoe, but he's, he's got his book in the other hand, and he's just going to do a public speaking to rally the commoners to support Lord Harlow and fight on with enhanced vigor. Very good. And what about Esther? Esther will join the charge. Okay, so I'm going to let Bertram's role happen first because I think that if right. he adequately rouses uh, people's fighting spirit, that could give them a bonus. So, Bertram, use your public speech. And the Lord God said, put your back into it, boys. Um, Twelve. I got it exactly. Um, that means you succeed. And so I'm going to give everybody a plus one on whatever they try to do. Um, so you're rushing forward. Um, and um, I'm going to go in order again and start with Jack the Hod. Jack, you see English knights cutting down or, or attacking some of the Frenchmen. You see there are Frenchmen who are not being currently targeted, who are dragging away English citizens. You see... Uh, French soldiers that are not being currently targeted who are setting buildings on fire. Feel free to ask me any questions, but you are about to enter melee range with some of these people, depending on which way you run. Who do you want to attack? What do you want to do? Uh, so staying in the throng of uh, sort of other attackers, uh, I'll, I'll engage the first you know, uh, French foot we find. Very good. Okay, so this will be one of the guys just setting fire to buildings, and... Okay, and you're in luck because you're actually double-teaming this guy. You and another peasant are attacking him all at once. So, um... Go ahead and make your attack, I guess. Alright. I'm not gonna go for the vitals this time, just hitting the body somewhere. Uh... And... Uh, 10 is a hit. 10 is so a hit. Do your damage. 
Four. Four, and this guy is armored. That is not enough um, to really hurt him. So your spear just sort of hits the male shirt. But, but I'm going to use guy... the spear's reach if I can. Yes, okay. The other guy that is uh, attacking is attacking with a rake, and he succeeds in his role. And he deals. He also is stopped by the armor. So you guys are both having trouble uh, as mere common folk with this trained soldier. Um, uh, then we come to Esther 2. Esther 2 is going to uh, <laughs> be running. She'll be running along with the charge and she will leap out and try to stab the first French soldier she can see. Okay, very good. Um, and uh, let me see what kind of soldier that is. That is going to be uh, one of the soldiers that is dragging off a English citizen. Um, and they are sort of isolated. They are not currently being attacked by anybody else. So she's going to try to just, like, run up behind them and just, like, drive her, just, like, stab, stab, stab into his neck. Okay, great. Give it a shot. Give me the knife skill. Uh, I get it exactly. 13. 13. That is a hit. Do your damage. Uh, 1D minus 1, right? That's right. Uh, four points of damage. Four points of damage. Uh, but we said it wasn't a called shot, so it goes perhaps directly into the torso, I think, would be reasonable. Or could we roll on the hit location table? We could roll on the table. Non-called shots go for the body unless you roll random. Let's roll Let's roll on the table. I know I didn't do that for you, Clinton Trucks, but I think I'm going to do that for Esther because she's such a wild combatant. Great. Uh, so 3d6 and we have a table. You want me Please to roll? Please roll 3d6, yeah. Okay, that is a 15. 15. Uh, the hand. Uh, okay, so you stab this guy in the hand, and he has to drop the citizen he was dragging away. Let's uh, go, my countrymen! Uh, and his hand has now got a big slash. It went all the way through his hand, and he's like, ah! And he does take the four damage, after all. If she does over a third of his hit points, it's crippled. Um, it is over a third of the hit points. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a knife sticking straight through his hand. Uh, I'm calling. I'm oh. calling crippled uh, grounds for retreat is what I'm calling crippled. Um, so he drops the citizen and uh, grabs his hand and starts to back up, and then it is the French soldier's turn. So I'm going to have one attack our friend Jack the Hod, and then I have one other thing that they're going to do. But first, Jack the Hod, the one you're he fighting with, he's attacking with an axe. And he rolls. Not a good roll. Right. 15, he misses. Um, he misses you with his axe. Uh, and now one of them uh, has armed a bow. Is standing uh, yards and yards away. But is looking at the preacher. Who is standing over everybody. And shouting out the word of God. And he aims. And he fires. Is Bertram aware of the attack? Does he see the archer? Um, Bertram, uh, let's have a perception roll to see if you're aware of the attack. Ready? Uh, yeah, I made it by two. Okay, so you see this guy aim at you and fire. Does that mean he gets a dodge, Clinton Trump? It, it means dodge is a possibility, and he can even throw himself to the ground for an additional plus three. Bertram? I think you better do that. 
Unless you want to take this arrow. Uh, I I don't want to throw myself on the ground, but I will try to sidestep if I notice an arrow shooting my way. May I roll a dodge? I think you should. Uh, I missed the dodge by two. All right, here it comes. Three damage. An arrow pierces your shoulder. Oh, let's do the let's do the hit location table. Ready? Forget oh, what I said about a shoulder. Let's see where it yeah. hit. Ready? All right, Clinton Trucks. I just rolled a eight. Eight right arm. Uh, yes. So it is the shoulder. Your right shoulder is pierced by an arrow. Ah! Okay. We've come to the end of our time, and I also think that these French are routed by the attack uh, from the English. Uh, and you've all shown yourself to be brave and loyal citizens of Portsmouth and English countrymen. Um, and now I will just ask uh, it, for a final action from each of you that kind of sums up your, uh, your, the end of this battle. Um, and I will start with uh, Jack the Hod, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Jack the Hod is going to end up spending a lot of the fight just following Esther around. Uh, <laughs> stopping her from getting uh, poked, punctured, and uh, otherwise pulverized. All right. Esther. Esther is going to leap from French soldier to French soldier, just stabbing wildly at them and trying to eviscerate as many as possible. They just keep trying to run from you, and Jack the Hot is trying to pull you back. Um, and it's sort of a horrifying scene uh, as uh, Jack the Hot tries to desperately curtail your berserker fury. Finally, Bertram, an arrow sticking out of your shoulder. How do you yeah. end the fight, or what do you do here? The blood uh, from the wound starts seeping into his his, uh, his beautiful robes <coughs> that Esther II created for him. And weirdly... It's at that moment that Bertram of the Cross starts to feel like he is being submerged in water. And as the water moves up his body and up his neck and finally to his head, that's when the mushrooms kick in. And he finds himself staring at a burning vegetable cart. And it's as if the camera moves into the fire. And when it pulls back, it is a campfire in the center of a cave. And there are three hooded figures sitting around the cave, and one by one, they pull back their hoods and they look to Bertram or the cross. The first one pulls back his hood, and it is his missing brother, Willem. The second pulls back his hood, and it is his father, Theodric. I got those two mixed up. And then the third one oh, uh, takes back his hood, and it is the original Bertram O the Cave. And as Bertram O the Cross is looking, his eyes glazed over, the sounds of fighting still behind him. In that singular moment in the cave, all three of his forebears look at him and speak at once. And what do they say to him, Jerry? This is one of his visions. Um, he doesn't know. They say, um, they say, uh, Bertram, you have made us proud. You have spilled your blood on this soil, consecrating it. We have now revealed the new ritual the new sacrament, the spilling of blood. This sacrament must be carried by you to the people. They, they, do, they will not receive 
true enlightenment through Christ until they, like Christ, have spilled their blood upon English soil. Nice. Bertram falls down to his knees, and as the real world snaps in again, a little of the blood falls from his shoulder onto the ground of Portsmouth Town, and as tears flow down his cheeks, a slight smile comes to his mouth. And I will just... Is he weeping at a vegetable cart? I will just give you a bit of an epilogue, uh, which is this. Um, Esther 2, you survive the entire battle against all odds. And as they are uh, carrying you away, even uh, against your protests, um, you feel a slight fever coming on. And... uh, uh, you feel a little nauseous and, and a little achy and, 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 and you're shaking a little bit. Because not only did the French attack a second time in 1369. Are you kidding? The Black Plague came back. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> in 1369, there was another outbreak of the plague. And I have been secretly rolling against each of you to see if any of you contracted <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> and the person no. who contracted it was Esther too. Oh, no. And rather than go through, rather oh, than go through pitiable. the mini rolls, rather than go through the mini rolls that will determine whether Esther two survives, I will simply allow Matthew Capitacasa to tell me whether Esther survives. Uh, I really just want to roll for it. Can I just roll for it? I want to see. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's make it one roll instead of our long. Uh, our long process. So just give me a health at negative three roll. Negative three? Oh, yeah, she's toast. Uh, 12 over nine. 12 over nine. Esther, the buboes form about, oh, let's see. So so pitiful. About (laughs) nine days later, the buboes start to form. Uh, And then after that, uh, respiratory failure sits in. You're already bruised and battered from your battle against the French, and as you start to cough up blood, uh, Brinley uh, comes to your side and says, My love. Yes? God's kingdom awaits you. God's up, Brinley. <laughs> Bring me some water. He brings you water. I, w- I should confess I often had thoughts of murdering you in your sleep for your insolence and your imbecility. <laughs> it's okay, my love. God forgives you for that. Yes, I like to think I earned my forgiveness by defending my country from some vicious Frenchman. Saint Willem preserve you, my love. Saint Willem preserve us all. Flights of angels take thee to thy rest. A phrase I just coined. You should write that down if only you knew how to read. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to read. And uh, as Esther 2 expires on a flea-ridden cot in a small cottage on the outskirts of Portsmouth, we will say goodnight to our family. Uh, we are going to see them one more time at the end of the 14th century when we come back next time, but until then, I want to thank my incredible players, Clinton Trucks, Matthew Cavanacasa, Eric Mona. Thank you for making that so entertaining. Thank this you. 
is the Game Garage on the Glass Cannon Network, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Thank you.